I can't answer, I can't answer that in the immortal words of bras. And now it happens every time. Welcome back to Range Anxiety. We're here again. I reckon this is a midweek show. Like I said, we're getting a little bit of ahead of ourselves and the most famous person I know, the next PM is sitting right here next to me. It's me, the famous Paul Housen. Hello world. Hey Marty. Hey babe, welcome home. Um, yeah, when will I be famous? About now well, I reckon. I like. reckon you remind me of uh, like an, a boy bander. You know what I mean? You've got that, <laughs> your, the, the haircut, your light on your feet, the, the, oh, the dance moves, the artistic tattoos, <laughs> um, you know, just all you need is to run yeah. a bit of bleach through that mop of hair. Yeah, I'm almost the opposite of what I would consider the boy band. Yeah, I, I don't get it. <laughs> you see, you're, yeah, you're like a band not a twink. Exactly. <laughs> well, I know yeah. you have uh, reached out to the LGBTQ squared four community. Yep, there, yep. Reached you do out, a, not you around. Do a, you, do, <laughs> you do appeal, and that's great. All right. Well, Paul the Bear is back, and um, today we're talking about quite, uh, I suppose, fittingly, um, eating. <laughs> eating and yes. eating, dis yes. particularly eating disorders, consuming and I'm consuming. Not, I'm not talking about Gareth. Oh, yeah. oh no. that's ruined what I had to say then. No, 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 we're not talking about Victoria's Secret models or <laughs> you know these poor young waifs on catwalks. We're talking about nasty heaps of shit cars that eat way too much. We're not talking yep. about petrol or electricity. Yep, yep, yep. What are we talking about? We're talking about eating things, components mainly. Yeah. yeah, components that are required to make it a car or make it an engine or give it forward, some grunt. Forward progress. Yes, yes. Well, what do you see as as something that's unhealthily greedy? What What's one that comes to mind straight away for you, Mark? Stop baiting I'm, me, you I'm dickhead. looking, looking, <laughs> looking around. And actually, well, no, I cannot see too many of them, but there's one that always comes well, to mind. Well, there's three. There's four of these car on the premises, and three of them are broken. <laughs> <laughs> and why are they broken? Because they, they are hungry. And because race car. Yeah, race so, car. And when people, when people say, you know, you get to the track, and they say, wind it up, send it, let it eat, they don't really realise what they're saying, and they're not letting it eat. Like, you know, a bag full of men in black. So letting them <laughs> eat engines, transmissions, and okay, without, yep. without, because these are still one of my favorite cars, even though they infuriate me immensely. They're still a great car. One of the cars that is hungriest is obviously the R35 GDR. Yep, 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 yep. Because, and you, well, before you go on, the thing I found with the 35 was they were hungry out of the box. <laughs> yeah. They were eating transmission stock, weren't they? That was it. Mean, we've covered this before, but that yeah, was no, a design. That was a design yeah. fault. Yeah, yeah. They, they were definitely doing it. And there's not many cars out there that you can say, you know, like when the designer knocks out these cars and they build them, they put them down on paper. They build them to a certain power level, to a certain to last the warranty normally. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you'll get hundred thousand or whatever it mm. is out of X amount of years. The thirty-five, not so much. No. No, they because they put launch control in there. People were having them fail. Uh, from memory, wasn't there one part number for a trans when it broke? Yeah, in the early days. And they, <laughs> they should have actually yeah. called it lunch control because <laughs> yeah. they just went yeah. out to eat. They did. And I remember I took the first one of the first 08 uh, JDM GDRs in Australia. 
I took it down to um, Gawa Airstrip for a Wheels Magazine Comparo against a Comparo against a uh, ooh, 997 GT2. Oh, Porsche. good day out. With Ed Ordinsky, famous Australian rally driver driving. Yep. And um, because I was responsible for this GDR at the time, I um, put it into lunch control on the... <laughs> Now the Galway airstrip isn't like you're not, you know, it's it, not a prepared track, is it? No, no, and it's a bit gravelly. Yeah, I could imagine. You know yeah. what I mean? There's a bit yeah. of pickup off the Cessna. It doesn't slits. have a lot of traffic, air traffic. No, not a lot. Now it's all light planes. You know, we're not we're not talking about you know JFK Airport here no, or LAX. No, no. Galway Airport is is rural. One step up from a dirt strip, pretty much. Yeah. But it was it had some hot mix on it, a bit of pave. But yeah, and I remember the frantic, because LC1, as launch control one, or lunch control one, as we've described before, would just rev to 4,500, and when you got off the brake pedal, it just basically sidestepped the clutch. Yep. And it would axle tramp its ass off on a loose, <laughs> loose surface. Yeah, and of no course, doubt. that just ratcheted away at the, the teeth, the first gear, which happened to be something like 50% narrower than the first gear in a much less powerful and much lighter R32, 33, 30, well, R32 and 33 GDR. Yeah, it fits so much into that box, that's why though. Oh, I think so, it was, it was complicated. Just, first gear was just underdone, right? Yep, yep, so you wanted to get in the second ASAP. <laughs> yeah, well, you, just, you wanted to be bloody careful. So, you know, they fixed that eventually with software, you know, don't let anything axle tramp and it will very rarely break. Right, yep. Breakages, okay, let's have a look at some of the breakages I've seen in those cars. And even you've seen quite a few breakages yeah, in those cars. Yep, I mean, you've been yep, around yep. for a long time. Yeah, I have. What is the most interesting, save for the most current one, I'll save that till last, what's the most interesting breakage you've seen in one? Well, to me, I couldn't get over how, and I think you actually had something to do with a brace to stop That's it at right. one stage. The entire trans, so the trans itself was flawed, you know, like had the odd issue, mm. but you upgrade that. Next thing you know, the actual housing cracked. The spine. It, it, it twisted, is that right? No, no, it would just break it that way. Like what would happen is that the crown wheel and pinion would try to run up the back of the diff yep. housing yep. and it would just snap the spine of the transmission. I've remember. seen that quite a few times. Yeah, well that's the first time I saw that was obviously probably that same car that, oh wait, it was a while ago <laughs> and I'd never seen anything like it. No. Massive I crack. saw it in like uh, 09, 10. Yeah. Um, there was one at uh, one of these airstrip challenges in Sydney that was a grey, um, dark grey, not a super silver, 08, 09, and yeah, that just shat the diff all over the floor as well. Yep. And that was the back diff, but that also blow the front diff. Yep. Yep. Quite amazingly. Yeah. Which is when you consider what, 60 40 split? Or? Oh, not, nah, and that stuff all talk goes. I mean, you look at the size of the tail shaft. Oh, and that yeah. break the front tail shaft. <laughs> Remember it came out with an upgraded <laughs> yeah. tail shaft? Yeah, yeah. You know, the rear drive shafts at the track. Rear so you drive shafts at oh, only tram. Yeah, I saw it at the um, John's the GDRs, though. John's GDR still got stock. Sometimes that's the best way, though, isn't it? Yeah. You're better off carrying around a few stockies than trying yeah. to get these. Hand built. Um, oh, most freaking... most of the, those things, most custom drive shafts are shit. However, the ones that are made for GDRs and Subarus and what what have you in the US by the drive shaft shop, they yeah. are killer. They, so, yeah. they do work. So shop around, get the right ones because otherwise, just stick with factory. But everyone knows someone that's a killer engineer that makes drive shafts, uh... and they're always shit. <laughs> Do you know the, yep. the material, yep. the engineering and the material is really quite precise and they've got to twist, they've got to do certain things. Yep. You make them too hard, they just bang, snap, they're too and brittle. You know? oh, I'm, I'm not a metallurgist, but yeah, yep. I've seen I've seen a lot of the aftermarket stuff be about a tenth as strong as, like, first run, bang. Yeah, yeah. Well, after that, if we're heading on down to the front of them things, <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, 
it's there's a time when people go billet, isn't there? And I'm guessing well, the, engi- the engines are reason. tough. The engines are tough, right? Yeah. The VR38 is tough to a limit. To a limit, but you know there are a lot of people still running like uh, low sevens and even I think even high sixes on car flocks. Freaking, that's fast. But what happened is when there's only so far you can take them in the bore and stroke department, and if you try and put bigger sleeves in them and stuff, instantly the blocks are. are you weakened it. You've run out of block. Yeah, it's and what they, metal. There was a block strengthening fix that the aftermarket came out with early in the piece. It would have been eleven or twelve, where they used a bigger stud in the centres, bigger head studs. All right. In the center than they did at the ends, and apparently okay. that helped tie the block together. Yeah, stop it flexing and twisting, yeah. I'm guessing. And I knew yeah. one, and it was deeper as well. And I knew one guy that, you know, was welding plates to the outside where the engine mounts were. <laughs> yeah. I think you even saw yeah. that, which yeah. didn't really do much because you sort of moved it somewhere else, the weak point. Well, what you're trying to do is, is after it's twisted, trying to stop it at the very end of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Rather than at the start of it. I think yeah. AMS, American Motorsports, came up with that first fix that was the. The, the 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 you know stiffening mod with the different stud sizes and yeah that that seemed to work yeah but we yeah. bought two Japanese engines um, from Trust they had a four point four that they offered right back again early in the piece 11, 12, 13, 14, around there and I don't think either of those lasted a single test session before they cracked the blocks yeah yeah I remember and we went we You'd got on calling the Tom's when yeah you and we got on to Trust and said this is stupid this is our second one and we paid. I think full tote odds for both of them. Yeah. And you know what trust solution was as a warranty? Just yeah. sent us out some uh, dart and liners and said, all right, try and put these <laughs> yeah. in somehow and that might fix it for you. And it's like, what the? May, may not. Yeah, have a crack. Yeah, you know, back then it was a $40,000 engine yeah. and it's like, good luck. Yeah. Yeah. And this is what drove the whole billet thing. But you get these guys, and I still know a few of them to this day, that want big cubes. Yeah. Right. I'm surrounded by big cube people here. Big Big cubes are good. Yeah. For in certain applications, they're definitely good. Because what we're talking about here is consumables, right? Mm. It, things become consumable. So, like, if you've got an engine that you're having to rev the guts out of over mm. and over and over again, what normal people consider a consumable is an air filter, an oil filter, and maybe some oil. Yeah. These things, it becomes rods, pistons, rings. Cranks. <laughs> cranks, blocks. You know, I, I work on some engines where I am. Our big boys, they're a 27 litre V12, twin turboed, 800 horsepower, do it all day, every day. Obviously, not making any power per cubic inch. No, 27 litres making 800 horse, you think. It sounds like you're men in black consumption (laughs) over a weekend. Well, well, that's the same, isn't it? It's all consumables. That's what I take to run. (laughs) And if you speak to the missus, it's getting really high, the amount of power (laughs) I require to run in a week. But it's, that's what's happened to these things. You can make 800 horsepower out of a 27-litre V12, which is not going to fit in one of these. Nice. Not possible. So they're trying to make them small, fast, reliable, and yep. powerful. So one of the, You can't have all of them. No, you can't. <laughs> you, yeah, you can't. You've got to choose a few, and you just know that this car in front of us, yep. that McLaren, for example, yep. that yep. we're looking at right there, what would the lifespan be on a stock engine in a McLaren? And what would the owner expect out of it? I don't know. They never do many Ks, do they? That's, no that's, supercar does. That's right. So that one there, you'd say, oh, it's 10 years old or whatever. In, in a, in, you know, and it's done 40,000 Ks. Yeah. Wow. Whereas the, the family Commodore that you've tried mm. to squeeze out a fair few hundred horsepower, mm. that's gone through a few engines, a few transes, a 4L60 that's gone through... 10 of them. <laughs> it was particularly anything that you've ever owned. <laughs> yeah, well, I power through it while I try to. 
but what happens, and you're getting away from my point here a bit, your point is very, very good, but what I'm saying is we've got the penis extension club involved here. Oh. Once you've got big cubes to de-stroke the engine, to put less stress on the crank and be able to run the high rev limit, yep. you know, like a GDR is 3.8, uh, a 4.4, you're getting really long in the stroke, right? right. And, um, and you know, say, look, let's go back to like a 4.3, which is where you, and the you sweet spot you're trying to find. 4.1 to 4.3 is normally the sweet spot. But oh no, that's like having an inch cut off your old fella. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but the thing is, if that happened to me, I'd still have heaps left. So I've got nothing <laughs> to work <laughs> yeah. Stop it. <laughs> um, but what I, was, no, what I was getting at is you would also change the way the engine revs. So if you've got the, the, longer, the longer stroke is going to be a slower revving thing than the shorter stroke. Well, so you got to, there's a, definitely a sweet spot. Let's do the maths here. Yep. Uh, standard 3.8 uh, is rev limited from the factory. That's a GDR VR38 engine is rev limited from the factory at about 7250 to 7300 RPM, depending Good on... Good RPMs. Yeah, yeah. Um, this four, particular 4.4 billet stroker I'm talking about is 8800. <laughs> Can you yeah, see where yeah. this is going? But there's a reason for that. The materials that it's made out of are helping there. Well, they are. Yeah. It, so, know, it's so, a, if you build a, a short stroke one with the same metallurgy and the same, like me. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Just a short, quick stroke. You know, it's yeah. all over quickly, but it rev like it'd rev yeah. more, and you can make power there as well. But then, then your your consumables become, like I said, rods, pistons, rings. You're wearing them out so much quicker. You are. Yeah. Piston speed's higher. Everything's really, so, really bad like so that. So you need cubes. So back, yeah, well, <laughs> but then you need to control your RPM limit. And I just did the, the mortal podcasting sin. I slapped my arm like yeah, that. Yeah, you then. did. I'm always telling you not to do that. Yep. But this is how, this is how frightened, not frightened, just yeah, all of this <laughs> shit makes me. Oh, I'm, that. I'm frightened of you. You've just got your booster today. I hope you keep your <laughs> pants on. Um, yep. Yeah, so yeah, I haven't had my booster yet, everybody, because I've had COVID. And, um, and frightened word comes out again. And so, yeah, so I've got about another month to wait. I'm going to wait till the new, I'm waiting till the new variant takes hold, BA2. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, it's got yeah. ZF6 speed instead of the BTR4 <laughs> speed. The better got, rods. Yeah, the upgraded gas rods, <laughs> better valve springs. Yep. yep. And new software. So I'm waiting for BA2. There'll be a new variant. It'll be out soon. Who cares? Oh, we'll just look it down the eye and stare it down with some men in black. Can't even say you heard it, heard it here first because I think everyone knows there's another one around the corner. Well, that's right. Now, speaking of which, before we get on to the serious stuff again, our slightly hard of hearing listener who man in blacked himself and forgot who he was for a week <laughs> told me he's just invented a new thing that he did on the weekend. Yep. Yep. It's called doing an Elon. An Elon? Yeah, and what he did is he got a 10 variety pack of white claws and a bag of weed. <laughs> and he, he apparently... A variety pack. Yeah, a variety <laughs> pack. And he came back and said... Uh, results not great. Oh, now, okay. I'm not making this guy elaborate. He's doing it to himself. Yeah. I'm telling him to drink responsibly. He's like and... a human guinea pig, isn't he? That yeah, boy? yeah. No, <laughs> good on him. He's doing the shit we dream about. <laughs> so I had this yeah. GDR we took to the track the other day, and yep. it, it got um, it packed up at the track. I wasn't there, but it just put towards the deep end, went into like a rev shut off, went into limp mode. Owners rung me up, and he's gone, oh, you know, what do you reckon? I said, mate, you're overpowering your gearbox and clutches and this thing, it'll be clutch slip, don't worry about it. So I sat up there in one of the storage things at the track for about a month and I saw it back yeah, okay. just to get it ready for another race meeting. I had a look at it, it had dropped CKP signal, crank position signal. Oh, so I pulled in some talk management, so just lost revs. 
So anyway, I had a new gearbox to put in it, some engine mods to do it. So I put the new gearbox in it, plugged in the aftermarket engine management system to it, put it on the dyno, just running everything in, 3,000 RPM. Kept cutting out on me. Far out. Look at the logs. Must be this bloody trans. It was a bit rattly too, you know, but those big transes. It's a, yeah, they it's a, a, It was a Shep trans and they're monstrous things. They're like, you know, you're, you're stuck best. It's a monster. And a lot of mechanical noises going on in there. Yeah, well, there are standard in one. Yeah. But he's got billet this and straight cut that and what have you. So he's got, so I sent him a log and said, what the hell is your trans doing to this, Shep? And he's gone, look at the log yourself a bit closer, you idiot. It's dropping the RPM signal. Like, oh, shit, you're right, John. He goes, oh, okay. So, so I spoke to him, my engine management supply. What's going on? We're losing revs across the CAN bus. Then I thought, hang on, it was doing this before we even touched it. Hmm. So, and then you came along and said, this doesn't well, sound I, real good idling. You know, I did. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, that point, I thought it sounded like an early LS1 with the uh, bit of piston slap going yeah. on. That's what it sounded like to me. It sounded weird. Oil pressure was still good. Everything was still yeah. good, though. Like, you yeah. know, breathing, nothing. Crank, crankcase pressure was fine. Pulled the bell housing off it. Flywheel's bloody loose. Oh, shit. And it uses that the teeth on that as the pickup for the crank yeah, trigger yeah. so obviously the flywheel's walking around and walking away from the trigger however as gareth gets very pernickety about this seated up the bolts on this car oh, the yeah. bolts were, i know that feeling the yep. bolts were still there and locked tight it in and hadn't yep. moved a millimeter yep. Yep, yep, yep unfortunately it snapped the back off the crankshaft <laughs> and was just floating around <laughs> yeah yeah and there's no bolt in that back on nah a bit of, uh, a bit of jb weld yep, yep nah yep. nah and so I spoke to someone and said, how many Ks, you know, someone that's really good with these cranks, it was actually John Shepard again, the trans guy, he races a GDR, and I said, this is amazing, this has happened so soon in its life, and such little power output, and he's gone, well, I get 15 passes out of one of those. Yeah. 15 yep. passes. Now, what does he do with this vehicle? Does it drag? Drag car. So he only drag I think races. he can street it too, though. Yeah, but you don't know if he actually does well, I think he does a little bit. Well, yeah. it snows over yeah. there after year, so obviously he doesn't drive a lot. But like yeah. he, I think it's run like a 7.1 at yeah. 190 or 200. Like it's fast. It's, yeah. a, it's a world faster than the car we're talking about. But because it's so much faster and it's doing that much more duty cycle, yeah. it wears out a lot faster. Exactly. Life's, yeah, yeah. The, the life expectancy of that crank, oh, well, he's saying 15 passes. Mm. Work that out. How many meets would that be? One. <laughs> yeah, one big one. But a I mean, couple. seriously, a lot of these big cars, they don't do that many runs out probably of Probably a meet. couple of meetings, which yeah. would probably be so uh, one and months. a half times a season. You know, he may not yeah. go out that much. I think he goes yeah. to GDR World Cup and whatever else. If you're listening, John, you can let me know. I don't think he... Yeah, but he does it because he uses it as a transmission test bed for all of his stuff. Yeah. You know, it is a worthwhile thing for him to be doing because other people push those limits. And he'd know? actually want to beat the living crap out of this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's not always fun when customers are doing all your testing for you. So he's big enough that he can test himself. And yep. so there's a reason for him to be doing it. But what is the reason for your average Joe to want to be doing this? Well, that's a tough call. What? For um, longevity of the car or... No, I mean, why would you want to go to the level unless you're a professional and you're oh, making you're money saying, out of it? Yeah. Oh, some people just do it because they're glutton for punishment, like me. Yeah, I actually enjoy this sort of stuff. But the average Joe that goes out there and feeds a lot of power into that car, I don't reckon they realise what they're getting themselves in for a lot of Most the time. Most of the time they yeah. don't. It's I called don't... honey dicking. Yeah, but you, you, can, you can put 
a lot of power through, especially an LS engine, as we all know, they're pretty easy to get some good yeah. power out of them. But then there's a trans and a diff to think about. And then there's drive shafts and then, you know, there's all these other things that They fail rotators. I saw one out at the roll racing on the weekend. It had a little spray on it and it was a built LSA and yep. it just yep. vented itself. Yes, yes, they do these things. And it's not uncommon, but no. owners... Sometimes. It's uncommon to the owners. Yes, because this a lot of the time, especially if it's their first one. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I kind of, I, as you know, I've lunched a motor a big time. Yeah, and you know that well. Mm. Oh, there's that limit. There's that yeah. line, and I crossed that line. <laughs> <laughs> I went a little bit too far. Even the car that I've got now, it's it's at that area the one now. With six bent rods. Mm, yeah, one, yeah, it's yeah. got the variable capacity motor yeah, in it. No, nice. Yeah, <laughs> keeps adding cubes all by itself. So, so what's so what's involved in um, just changing out a crank then? Well, then <laughs> <laughs> I'm a mechanic, so yeah. so what I would also deem Every acceptable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone else would be absolutely horrified, and the cost is then according. So, like your 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 rods and that in your like pistons, yeah. rods. You go through your cylinder heads, obviously so as so well. That's, that's right. So that's it's a total out. Yeah, it's a total out on the stand. You you give that one to someone who's just put a blower on, spent fifteen grand, got this thing going, making good power, and then they've they've done some rods or something, and you tell them, ah, oh, there's going to be another fifteen grand or whatever mm. it's going to be. They'd be horrified. They'd be thinking, mm. I've just spent all this money. This thing should last forever making 600 horsepower, shouldn't it? Yeah, but they don't. <laughs> and that's the thing. So this wasn't a tyrant against R35. Is that just a particularly good example of a car that's been that's made hungry. to go... Because they've been made to go very bloody fast. Yeah, yeah. And they were hungry to start with too. They are. And they were made to go faster and faster. And what's the first thing that happens when people get them going quicker? They break. Well, nah. They, they, they want more. Oh, yeah. I want, want more. more. I want more. In some yeah. cases, I want less. So, um, back onto other news. Now we've got that. I've got that off my chest now. You know, uh, and there are workshop battles coming up in roll racing soon. And and uh, next month, yeah. Yeah, and we'll get the Audi out there. It did really, really well. It didn't win, but it did really, really well. There was a reason it didn't win on the weekend, and it wasn't a technical one. It was more of a like who put their foot down first one. Um, That's what happens, though. But we, yeah, that's right, it is a social motorsport after all, but we're, yeah. we're, we're um, uh, looking at ways to, another, another couple more hundred horsepower in that to keep it competitive, we've found a better way of driving it, we've got a Cyvex all-wheel drive controller going into the front of it now, nice. which is a straight plug thing that'll keep its torque split better and make it, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll be, yeah. it'll just be a sharper tool. Excellent. Now before we go today, um, you've obviously been watching Sandy's tear down at the plat. Yeah. You yeah. know, the invisible car. And um, been enjoying it. You haven't got to the rear power unit yet. No, which is I where didn't. All, which, that, that's where all the big shit happens. Saving that one for when I'm sober. Oh, Next year it'll be too. It'll be all too late. You won't have to do that, Elon. You might have to do that after breakfast one time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they have a look at this rear power unit with the the, the the twin motors or power unit or drive units. Where what are they? What do you call them? Power units, drive unit. That, that's the new thing now. Just power unit. Yeah, it's not a donk. Well, it's got two power units in the back, right? So one straight out to that wheel, one straight out to that wheel, and they're back to back. Yep. And there's all these tricky castings and tricky shit that's gone on. And Sandy actually describes it as a symphony of engineering. <laughs> he would. He freaking loves that thing, though, doesn't he? 
Well, he does, but he's also worked for them all. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. And I'm not saying he's easily impressed either, but he freaking loves that car. He does, doesn't he? Yeah. Maybe that's what happens, because he's not a young spring chicken like us, but maybe that's what happens as you get older. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Maybe a few men in blacks. He did work on the, he did work on the Jeep program, though, the, the hybrid one, up until fairly recently. Really? Yes, that explains a lot, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, Sandy... <laughs> Have a bex and lay down because that finishes uh, range anxiety for today and say goodbye to babe. Later, babe.